Is Christian fellowship the same as hanging out and eating food? Join us for our next edition of Antioch Everywhere. I'm Dwayne Hawkins, your host and pastor of Antioch. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're dealing with authentic Christian fellowship. Before we get started, let's pause for the cause of praise. My initial thoughts on Christian fellowship really stem from my experiences growing up in the church. And so when I think about Christian fellowship, I think about things like church picnics, after worship fellowships, and a lot of churches that I've been a part of or visited on special occasions. They actually have places in the church facility that are called fellowship halls. And usually after a big special celebration, Uh, We would enter into the fellowship hall for a time of fellowship. I think about things like church outings, field trips that I've gone on, uh, bowling events, sporting events, camping, fishing, things of the like. And when I think about all of the things that those thoughts of fellowship have in common, they really kind of center around people. They center around food. Usually there's little structure, and when it's all said and done, they make for great memories, just great thoughts of Christian fellowship and my engagement in the local church. But I really want to push us past our thoughts, our initial thoughts and reflections on the topic of Christian fellowship and really want to push to a biblical definition of fellowship. And I really want to center that around the New Testament. And there's really one primary original language word that is most often translated into our English word fellowship. And that word is koinonia. And when I looked at the word, I really kind of discovered. And so that partnership one really helps us to understand and embrace the fact that we are in this together, that there is a togetherness that's implied in the word partnership. The word participation, the second nuance of the biblical definition for fellowship, really emphasizes that there is an engagement that takes place, not just the fact that we're in it together, but that we are actually engaging with one another in participation. And then the third phase of sharing has to do with things like sharing our lives as well as sharing our resources. And so when we push past our initial thoughts and our memories of Christian fellowship and we push our way to a more biblical definition, we see that there's really a lot more to it than just sitting around and spending time with one another. And so what is the criteria for authentic Christian fellowship to take place? So when we push past the biblical definition for Christian fellowship, I really want to talk about some criteria that we can look at to be able to evaluate whether or not our activities are really authentic Christian fellowship encounters. And the first one is spiritual union. 
There is no authentic Christian fellowship without spiritual union. It's what separates Christian fellowship from any other kind of relationship that could ever exist on earth. Spiritual union has to do with the fact that we are one with Jesus and as his followers, his disciples, we are literally one with each other. That type of union does not exist in any other category of human relationship like it does with authentic Christian fellowship. And the difference is that our earthly relationships, I have a wife, I have children, I have a mother, I have a father, I have an uncle, uh, aunts, all of those types of earthly relationships. I've got close friends, I've got acquaintances, and all of those exist in time. Those relationships exist in time. But authentic Christian fellowship that's based upon spiritual union with Jesus and spiritual union with each other lasts through time and into eternity. Spiritual union is the foundation for authentic Christian fellowship. But the criteria pushes past spiritual union to actually a willing participation. It's founded on spiritual union, the fact that we're one with Jesus and the fact that we're one with each other as fellow Christians. But there has to be a willing participation. There's got to be something inside of us that uh, seeks uh, to participate into the lives of other people. And what I found uh, just in my own observations That requires a high level of security in the relationship. When people think that there's a threat to the relationship, then there's a tendency to hold back and there's a tendency to withdraw and not fully disclose or be vulnerable. But uh, when there's security in the relationship, security in our relationship with Jesus Christ, security within our relationship with fellow Christians, then that encourages us to willingly participate into the lives of other people. And so I believe that that's an important criteria for authentic Christian fellowship. So the first one is spiritual union. The second one is willing participation. And the third one is built off the second one. And I'm calling that mutual engagement. Yeah, there's mutual engagement and the difference between willing participation and mutual engagement. Willing participation has to do with our engaging into the lives of other people. Mutual engagement is both ways. There are 59 verses in the Bible that have the phrase one another. And those biblical passages, they really help us to wrap our hands around mutual engagement. Mark 9 and 50 say, be at peace with each other. John 13 and 14 says, wash one another's feet. John 13 and 34 says, love one another. Romans 12 and 10 says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Romans 12 and 16, live in harmony with one another. Romans 14 and 13, stop passing judgment on one another. 
Romans 15 and 7, accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you, greet one another, wait for one another, bear one another's burdens, be forbearing with one another, serve one another. 59 places in the New Testament where we see this phrase, one another, which really helps us to wrap our hands around what mutual engagement looks like. So again, the criteria for authentic Christian fellowship is based upon spiritual union. The fact that we're one with Jesus and we are one with each other. It's based off of willing participation into the lives of other people. And it concludes with mutual engagement where there is a mutual sharing, a mutual participation a mutual partnership that looks like those biblical passages in the Bible that say one another all over the New Testament. And so that's a challenging notion to engage in the lives of other people, to share in their lives, to embrace the union that we have. It can be a scary proposition to let yourself be known and and to allow other people uh, to be known to you. And so how do we really encourage that? Well, one of the ways we can do that is by focusing on the benefits of Christian fellowship. And there are many benefits of Christian fellowship. A few that I want to list for us today. The first is acceptance. When we embrace, when we participate in authentic Christian fellowship, it provides acceptance, a place of belonging. Unlike any other place in the world, there's nothing like belonging to the family of God. Acceptance. Built upon acceptance or belonging, another benefit of Christian fellowship is that of growth. If acceptance embraces the belonging aspect, then growth implies becoming. Christian fellowship provides the context for which we can grow and become all that God has designed and desired and wants us to become. It encourages the process of being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. It is a marvelous benefit of Christian fellowship. There's acceptance, there's growth, there's the mutual meeting of needs. When we take serious the one another passages in the New Testament and we begin to love one another, we begin to forgive one another, we begin to bear with one another, accept one another, and all of those 59 one another passages in the Bible, then what begins to happen is the needs of the people collectively are being met. It is a marvelous benefit of Christian fellowship. Mutual meeting of needs. The fourth benefit that I want to share with you is spiritual cleansing from sin. There's a passage in the Bible in 1 John that says that fellowship results in the blood of Jesus Christ cleansing us from our sins. When we share in the life of one another and we share into the life of Jesus Christ, it is an amazing benefit of Christian fellowship, spiritual cleansing from sin. 
And the last one that I want to share with you, a benefit of Christian fellowship is intimacy with God and intimacy with other Christians. We live in a world in which intimacy is elusive. And oftentimes people look to create false intimacy by engaging in people and relationships that cannot deliver what only intimacy with God can deliver. So when we share into the life of Christ and we share into the lives of one another as fellow believers, we develop a closeness. We develop a bond. We get to the point where our barriers can be let down and those uh, masks that we sometimes work so hard to uphold and to not allow people to see the real us. Authentic Christian fellowship has the power to allow us to remove the mask so that we can be seen and so that we can be loved. The benefits of Christian fellowship are real and they are powerful. So let's turn the corner and focus on the practical side of authentic Christian fellowship. And I want to share a couple of practical principles that we can follow whether or not this authentic Christian fellowship is in person or whether or not it's virtual through technology. The first has to do with something that I never really thought that I would actually say in terms of helping us to create authentic Christian fellowship in the local church. But I believe that it's necessary. And I'm referring to relationship training, how to build relationships. It seems to be a lost skill in today's world in which we live in. But learning how to build relationships is a very practical step that churches can take and that we're learning how to do a better job here at Antioch on how to build relationships. And the second one is really built upon the foundation of building relationships, and that is training in Christian care. Building relationships is universal, but Christian care is a specific set of skills. It involves things like praying. It involves things like scripture. It involves forgiveness. It involves blessing other people and other aspects of Christian caregiving. And so training people on how to build healthy relationships and then build on that the foundation of Christian caregiving are practical principles that we can employ here at Antioch in our in-person fellowship activities, as well as our in virtual engagement of Antioch everywhere. And so where should you start? What, what does that look like in the context of a local church? I want to share four places where I think it's critical that we do our part in terms of focusing on the process of authentic Christian fellowship while we pray for God to produce the results. The first place in the life of the local church uh, where we're striving to do a better job at implementing authentic Christian fellowship is before the decision of membership into the local church, creating a space, creating an opportunity where fellowship can 
take place, where the sharing of lives can take place prior to a person deciding whether or not to unite with the Antioch Baptist Church in Omaha, Nebraska. We've done some things that have created opportunities just to spend time with no agenda outside of the worship experience where we can kind of get to know one another and begin the process of sharing into the lives of other people. It makes a big difference whether or not a person's going to decide to unite with a Christian local congregation. A lot of that has to do with the presence or absence of fellowship. So before membership takes place, the second key place that you can apply Christian fellowship principles of Christian care and relationship building is during the membership orientation process. There ought to be some time there where bonding can begin to take place between the new member and the pastor. A critical time to begin to develop Christian fellowship. So before membership is the first place during the orientation process is the second place. The third place is in ministry settings. A part of ministry training has to include how to effectively build relationships with other people, how to effectively demonstrate Christian care in the context of whatever the function of purpose of the ministry is designed to do. It's more than just engaging in the functions of ministry, but the other half of it has to do with creating a context where authentic Christian fellowship can take place while we engage in the functions of ministry. So training at that critical stage before membership, during the orientation process, as people engage in local ministry settings. And then the fourth place is major life events. People go through major life events all the time. They get married, they get divorced, they have death in the family, they have financial crises, relationship difficulties, uh, struggles on the job, all sorts of major life events in the lives of the people of God. And those are prime opportunities to engage an authentic Christian fellowship. So those are just four suggestions as to where you can start going deeper uh, than the traditional church fellowship. I want to close by reading a passage of scripture, one of my favorite passages of scripture as it pertains to authentic Christian fellowship. First John chapter one, verses one through four says these words. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you, too, may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. My conclusion of the matter is simple. Don't stop 
church fellowship activities. Just don't stop with just church fellowship activities. Go deeper. Go deeper in embracing your spiritual union with Jesus and with other Christians. Go deeper in your willingness to participate in the lives of other believers. Go deeper in applying the one another passages in your Christian context. That's all for today. Join us next time for another episode of Antioch Everywhere. Thank you for listening. If you're interested in supporting or joining the Antioch Everywhere community, you can contact us on our church website, www.weareantiochomaha.org. And may the peace of God be unto you.